This is the Sluggo. Slant and go. Georgia Tech, Florida State. If you're going to ruin this show by doing research, Notre Dame. My dentist is a Notre Dame grad. Definitely smells. Casey the Beef Cregan, you know what smelled last week? It was a football game on a Friday night. Um, not a not a good look from the Clemson Tigers last Friday night. But how are you doing tonight? Let's start with that. I'm doing great. The new day, you know. Ever since uh, Saturday, I definitely mourned. I wore black all day. Uh, I felt sorry for myself. I went to the beach, uh, had some cocktails, drank some tequila. I was over it by about three o'clock. But yeah, no, it, everything's good my way. Hope it, hope it is your way as well. I'm glad to be back here talking to you. Yeah, man, what a tough game to watch. You know, you get all excited at the beginning and. Uh, Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Thanks for checking in. Yes, sir. Um, you get all excited at the beginning, and after a 7 nothing lead, very similar to the championship game of last year, and then things just kind of went kaput. Um, wow. But we have to talk about We have to get it out. You know I mean? We have to not avoid it because we thought Clemson was going to win. I thought Clemson had a good chance of winning anyway. And covering the spread, I think we all three, you, me, and Locks, picked Clemson to cover the spread. But – Holy moly, that was um, something. And the, the the problem I guess I have is is for I don't remember saying this about a Clemson team in a long, long time. They look like they got out coached. That is disappointing um, and disheartening. Sometimes you're going to lose games. Notre Dame, for example, you know things happen. You're missing players. They don't make all the plays. They can't do it every game. But they just looked like they got out coached and they didn't have any answers. Um, the defense wasn't lined up. I think, you know, we've heard that on every show ad nauseum. Um, they figured out a way to, to beat Venables if you have the players. Now, that's not going to work for, you know, Duke or Wake Forest. But the better teams are going to have athletes that can compete with Clemson. So Venables has to spend that offseason figuring out what to do. Um for offenses that are going to run like Ohio State did, I think controlled tempo kind of deal, right? They went fast when they wanted to go fast. They went slow when they wanted to go slow. There was a great thread on Twitter about that. I don't know if you saw that thread. I did. Uh, yeah, really good. But no, even on the, yeah, even on the offensive side, how many times did ETN? I think it was always Travis. <laughs> a few times I saw line up on the wrong side of Trevor. Trevor went to hand the fake off, and there was nobody there. I saw that at least twice, maybe more than that. There was different sounds coming out of the coaches, right, and the, and the players. They they said they were prepared. They talked about being prepared, but they weren't prepared. I mean, we saw that when they got on the field. Um, and that came from Dabo on down. Unusual to hear him say, you know, all the stuff he said before the game. Um, he believes it. That's great. I'm okay with that. I don't want him to change. I don't want him to lie or give his coach speak, but I do want the team to be prepared when they go out there on the field. And one thing, one of the oldest sayings in the world is it's harder to stay on top than to get on top. And I really think that's true. It's really hard to be motivated game after game, after game, after game, when you're the hunted, right? You're the one, especially with Ohio state. If there was any team that was hunting Clemson, it was Ohio state. So I just had a long winded entrance. I probably talk more right there than I do normally in a whole show. 
and you're sitting over there chomping at the bit. <laughs> you're the talker of the two, so give us your thoughts. No, I actually like the fact that you were talking, so I was I was perfectly content being quiet for once and listening. It's so funny oh, being, in, being in sales. I'm one of the people that I'm so like anti my personality here on this show. I always ask the questions and then sit back and let people, you know, it's the old salesman thing. But here I just unload, I guess, all the stuff I'm holding in. <laughs> Uh, I agree with you on it uh, to, to most of what you said. And I think it's funny that the first thing we always think about when, when Clemson loses and we haven't uh, Clemson really hasn't lost a lot over the last couple of years is we've been out coached. There's been certain times I heard other shows say it the other day um, uh, on Monday. And then even t- uh, yesterday talking about how like Syracuse started, started the, the trend uh, er, back in 2017 on that Friday night where, all everything that went wrong went wrong. It, they they started and stopped, and they went so 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 fast. And they take shots downfield, get pass interference calls in that game. That was infuriating. I still remember that. Um, and kind of kind of set in motion what can can uh, really take advantage of a Brent Venables defense. And you know this whole sign stealing thing is probably a, a whole bunch of malarkey. There, there's probably not a lot of sign stealing, but Brent does so much. Uh, film study, I think he waits to see the personnel that's on the field and then gets that that uh, the calls in, right? The perfect call, as they say. However, when you got the athletes that Ohio State has, and they were so smart, and I was saying it to my stepson watching the game with me the other night, I said, they are so smart because they're taking their time. They're not setting up. They're kind of milling around. You know where the wide receivers are. You don't know where the running back is. The line's already set. Fields gets the ball. They ran to the line, got set for that second, and and they were gone. Uh, there was multiple times on on that same thread that you were talking about that you just saw there was nobody. The Trey Sermon's big run. There was nobody on that side of the field. Nobody. They were all standing up, looking at each other. Um, yeah, the out coach thing. You know, it sucks because we did hear it all week, and we don't normally hear Dabo so confident before a game. Um, you know, we talked about the Ohio State game and then the Alabama game as well, where he, he was talking a little bit before those games. Uh, and they were blowouts, but man, to hear him talk, like I said it last week, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I wasn't good at my picks all year this year, but I was so, so bad. I picked 55 something before uh, Houston Burnett talked me off the ledge and went down to like 38 <laughs> 17, but uh, it was still a blowout, right? Still two, three score game. Uh, man, just disappointing. It really was. And I, I say this for every time. I said it last year after LSU. I, I'm much happier. I, I'm a lot more okay when they get blown off the field. Because, it, and I know, that sounds funny, right? But it, it just makes it easier to, because we didn't belong. And and is it coaching? Yeah. Do we have the talent to match up with them? Absolutely. We beat, the same, we beat a better Ohio State team last year. Um, but it just – I. I, the one two-point losses hit me harder for some reason, you know? Well, yeah, I guess I'm okay with losing to LSU like that, but because they were the best team ever, at least for right now, right? I mean, they had a gaggle of superstars, and, and they were like Clemson the year before. Um, but this Ohio State team, I guess it's the way Clemson played that bothers me. Not that they lost by, I don't even know, yeah, 100, 170, as you say. But it's the way they played. They were standing around looking at each other. Trevor goes to make fakes. There's no running back there. Um, you know, just on and on and on. They're 
apparently were no adjustments. Uh, you know, it came out the start of the second half. Yeah, Mike Jones had the interception. But after that, there was bombs away from <laughs> Justin Fields. And I still have nightmares. I haven't slept a full night since then, if you can believe it. But, you know, got to, you know, take your lumps. And, and it has been hard as a Clemson fan when you are used to winning. This is another thing. You and I were texting a little bit about it. But when you're used to winning and you get hit in the mouth and then punched in the, in the privates like that, as I tell Parker, uh, you get hit in the privates like that, I mean, it, it, it stings to go back on social media or just read articles the next day. And that's part of what I was saying earlier. When you're used to winning, I mean, everybody's after you. They're going to take shots when you lose. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a few unfair shots, but I've seen a lot of fair shots, you know. And one thing I was thinking about, and I'll probably get bashed for this from Clemson fans, is that think about the last three years, the trend, national champion. Runner-up, got boat raced in the second half of the championship game, and this year you didn't even make it. So the trend, you know, ever so slightly, you know, six straight playoffs, who's going to complain? Not me. I'm not complaining, so don't mix up the two. I'm just saying the trend is not where we want it to be and the direction headed. And that's one thing when you're a little old Clemson and you're trying to get to the top and you're the motivated team, you're the one out there spitting fire, and now you're on top of that mountain or close to it, right? You're climbing up with Alabama and somebody else wants your spot and they took it last Friday night. The Buckeyes did. So. Yeah. I won't necessarily disagree with you, but maybe a little bit because there's definitely a hierarchy here. It's still absolutely Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, big drop off four, five, six, like <laughs> and I don't even know who four is. Uh, is it Notre Dame? Maybe you know they were pretty good this year, but they they're probably going to drop off next year a little bit. Um, is it Oklahoma? Who where would they be without those nine losses? You know, uh, Georgia. Georgia. Is, is Georgia there? They recruit really well, but they're kind of losing. Only been four years since they won a championship. <laughs> but you have those. You have the three at the top. So I truly believe. Yes, did Clemson lay an egg? of epic proportions the last two big games that they've played in yeah they have um no question there's i don't think i can argue that i couldn't argue that to save my life no question about it but i still think that they if they were to play notre dame the other night they were going to boat race notre dame um you know once again that where would they be without two losses where would where would clemson be would clemson be in the national championship i I hate hypotheticals you know that if they beat notre dame in the regular season, would they have would they have been number one? Then they're playing the four seed, whoever it may be. Maybe it's a Texas A and M. Maybe they you know beat a Texas A and M, and it's Alabama playing Ohio State. You know, if 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 ifs and buts were soup and nuts, we'd all have a wonderful day. Or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm just saying it's an ugly trend. Um, the last two playoff games, you know, the championship last year and the the playoff this year hasn't looked great. Now, again, nobody's complaining about six uh, playoffs in a row and two national championships. I'm the guy who said after the 2016 national championship that happened in January 2017, I woke up the whole household and said, this may never happen again in my life. And it happened <laughs> two years later. So I'm taking all, you know, all, everything from here on out from an old dude is just gravy. Um, but it hurt. Friday night hurt. and. Uh, you know, Clemson fans maybe realize 
uh, a little bit of humility. You have to have a little bit of humility that um, I heard somebody say the other day, the worst two uh, Twitter fan bases were Clemson and Ohio State. It was a media person. I don't know who, I can't remember who it was, but it's like those two fan bases are, are, are heck on, on, uh, on Twitter and uh, they're playing each other. So, but um, I don't do much Twitter anymore, even though I'm sitting here talking about Twitter and we're going to talk about it in a, few, in a few minutes. I don't do much Twitter anymore just for that reason. I just can't stand. I'm too old to put up with that nonsense. You're a young, you're a young buck and you can, you can still deal with it. I'm over it, man. I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't get rid of my burner, but I, hats off to Ohio State fans because I, I, I didn't really say that the Clemson was going to win. I just kind of called them out on my burner account and, uh, they haven't really come at me at all. So I guess I didn't do enough before the game. I, I guess. I don't know. But uh, and that's okay. So I'm kind of laying low now. I'm, I'm just doing my, my good, uh, wholesome tweets from the Sluggo podcast and uh, and, and the, the sideline sports that I'm running so, now for Clemson. So so you, you got rid of all 14 burner accounts? Or <laughs> I only have three accounts. Two are legit. One's a burner. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's turn let's turn the page. We talked about the game. We admitted we were wrong. We're, we got it all out, and then less than twenty four hours later, it kind of changes a little bit. We get some good news, and Tristan Lee, uh, five star out of Virginia, we broke through Max Fence and um, <laughs> got a, a five star offensive tackle out of uh, Virginia, the number one player in Virginia, six six two ninety. Um, what do you know about Tristan, if anything? It's Quebec Nordiques, not not the Colorado Avalanche. So just FYI, Rob. Oh, I was um, what the heck he was talking about? Yeah, it was a hat. But anyway, a defunct NHL team. That's what that's what I'm wearing now. We wear uh, a lot of defunct hats in this, on this show. <laughs> I got a defunct NFL team on my shirt and a defunct. Oh wait, um, yeah, Tristan Lee. Wow, man, what a coup! I I was texting with Nelson. He he was pretty confident. I was watching the Clemson basketball game. And he was pretty confident, I think, a little bit in getting in landing Lee. But everything that I had read about Tristan was Oklahoma. Uh, initially, it was LSU, and then kind of a switch. Uh, some Oklahoma fan had some exorbitant uh, Christmas decoration at the house with like a whole bunch of LED. It was awesome. It was really cool. It was an Oklahoma fan, but at the end, it was like we want Lee. It, it was really well done, and he retweeted it. So I was like, oh, he's going to Oklahoma. Clemson doesn't have a chance. Even an article before um, he committed, there was there was something saying that you know he was he, he had talked to Dabo the week earlier, but cut off conversation, not in a mean way or a negative way, but that's just what happened. But then there was Adam Friedman, I believe, from Rivals, like 15 minutes before the commitment, said, "I'm now changing my crystal ball fan cast to to Clemson," and I went hold on a second, really? Um, because nothing I was reading about this kid. But, wow, this kid's a beast, man. He, he may come in and slot in right right away if Jackson Carmen were to lead for the NFL uh, right away at a left tackle. Uh, and that might be jumping the gun. I understand. You can jump down my throat all you want, whoever out there is listening. Um, but he definitely – Big throw. He, he, he's got great feet. He throws his hands for pass blocking uh, – he doesn't lunge, and for an 18-year-old kid coming out, it, you know they're hard to project at the next level, um, but thankfully Clemson's done a really nice job in recruiting the last three years. Uh, as, as our friend Tiger commenter put out, oh, yeah, you're going to put it up, aren't you? Uh, 
Sorry Friend about of the show. that. He Friend is. Of the show, tag your commenter. Uh, but so thankfully, you know, I think that was they were the uh, the brunt of all of our ire this year. Uh, for for all basically every game because if Travis couldn't get loose, we were blaming the offensive line, and so they're obviously addressing it in, in the 2020 class and now with Tristan Lee and even moving forward to next year's class as well. But to have him five star, deservedly so, out of Virginia, like you said, six six two ninety, he just looks the part, man. He talks the part. Seems to be a really good kid. Of course, everyone that Clemson gets, we we feel like anyway that is a really good kid. So. I'm excited about them. I'm excited about the offensive line moving forward. They're going to be young, uh, but if those four stars pan out, heck, give me three of the four that pan out, and we're going to be in good shape. Yeah, there's there's a theory that Clemson didn't get the highest rated offensive lineman because they recruited a different. They were looking for a different type, right? Because of the offense Clemson ran. But if you look at this, that uh, Chris Cox, who's Tiger commenter, friend of the show, he's been on with us. We want to have him on again. He's got a little baby though. Um, uh, 2020, you got four four-star offensive linemen. 2021, you got three four-star and now the five-star Tristan Lee, um, who actually signed in December is what I heard. And then 2022, you've already got two more four-stars. So they're doing not too bad um, uh, in the future. But we said yeah, the offensive line takes some time, uh, takes some time to develop. So. Good things on the horizon, hopefully, for the offensive line. We know Clemson uh, has got some wide, got a lot of young wide receivers coming back, and you know Bo Collins coming in. Troy Stellatos, I'm not sure how you say that. That's right. So, yeah, um, of course, DJ will be back, and um, things are bright. You know, I'm the one that said the trend looked a little bit down, but you know, it's hard to be. Who's going to beat Clemson in the ACC? That's the thing. You know, they're going to be right there. Um, and they have to perform in those in those. Who's going to test them? That's that's what we have to look at. Uh, maybe in North Carolina next year, but they lose yeah. some significant talent. Um, you know, we I don't know who's going to test them now that Notre Dame's back to going independent, and they lost their quarterback. I know they just got a big transfer uh, in Jack Cohn from Wisconsin, but he's basically a statue. So they're going to go back to a more pass happy offense. I would think they do have some really good running back recruits coming in there. Um, but we're not playing them next year. Miami, maybe with De'Ara King, but he's coming off a knee. Yeah. I, you know, I just I, right now, I and I haven't looked in depth really. Maybe Louisville. Um, I don't know who's going to test them. Bailey Hockman is going into the transfer portal for NC State. I know they get their starter back probably next year, but where, where are they going if he gets hurt again? So yeah. there's a lot of moving parts in the ACC, and uh, I know we're going to get get into some other mo- some things moving around Clemson, but. I'm I'm interested to see if they can even get challenged again. Yeah. Well, I was thinking here, on September the 4th, they play Georgia. And uh, Tigers open up with Georgia next year on September 4th. So here's the deal. Think about it. If they lose, happen to lose to Georgia, you know, first time, not a, not a first-time starting quarterback. He's got two starts under his belt, DJ Uyunglele. Hey, how about that? Um, good. Been practicing. Um you got a new quarterback, you know, with limited experience playing Georgia, and uh, their quarterback's coming back, the good one. JT <laughs> um, Daniels yeah. coming back. So let's say Clemson loses to Georgia. If they trip up in another ACC game, that's two losses. And we could be sitting here next December saying, where would Clemson be without those two losses, you know? So 
big chance opener, Georgia. I'm looking forward to it already. Um, but you're right. They could be an ACC champion. They could have two losses theoretically. But who in the ACC worries you? It's not Florida State. It's no one really because nobody has the athletes to do what Ohio State did to Clemson. Yeah, and I think the the big key, and I was kind of, I was in on a Notre Dame talk show last night just as a commenter asked by a, a friend, a guy that's become a friend, a Notre Dame fan, he's a big Notre Dame fan, uh, hoping to have him on the show at some point too because he's very knowledgeable about college football But uh, and started listening to our show. So shout out to Paul. But um, I forget where I was going with my statement about Notre Dame. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> God bless. Anyway, we're talking about somebody challenging Clemson for the ACC. Yeah, and Notre Dame theoretically won't be in the ACC next year. Right. Um, I can't believe I forgot that. Sorry. See what happens okay. when I go off on diatribes. I'll remember. I'm sure because I had it. It was good. Okay, Grandpa, you'll remember. You'll remember when I'm in the middle of some brilliant comments. That's, that's right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Those decisions are starting to be made now. Uh, should I stay or should I go? NFL and uh, transfer. Now, this happens every year, and every year Clemson fans freak out. Like, the program's imploding. What, what has happened? Well, what happens? Guys want to play, right? <laughs> they're really good in high school, and they're still going to be probably really good contributors at other programs. They just can't break through and, and get the playing time of Clemson that they wanted. The two we know of uh, are Niles Pinckney and Jordan Williams, which really hurts that depth along the defensive line. Uh, but luckily, there's there's guys to to step up. Lots of rumors about other guys. Those are the only two I've heard of leaving. But you know, lots of rumors, and you can kind of guess, hit and miss on some guys that are going to leave, some guys that are going to want to stay. But the biggest news I heard in this realm today, or read, was Anna Hickey of two four seven. She had the whole list, went through the whole team. It was great, wonderful, article. great, great article. very 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 good article. But what stuck out to me is she believes there's a chance, you're saying there's a chance, that Skalski and Turner are going to return on the defense. Now, somebody in the Facebook group pointed out, well, that means maybe Levante, Levante Bentley will transfer. And I said, yeah, I love that guy. I've been putting out highlights on him, even though he's you know played a few snaps, but he's knocked the crap out of people when he plays. But I know what Skalski is. I don't know what Bentley is, you know, uh, as a starter, as a full-time player. I know what Skalski is. I know the leadership he brings to that defense. Same with Turner. You know, he's not the, the end-all, the great, the end-all and be-all of safeties, but he's experienced and he's a leader. I'll take those two guys back in a second. Yeah, I uh, agree with you a thousand percent. I hate doing that. Uh, but I think a guy like Levante Bentley could could also – very easily be in that role of uh, Isaiah Simmons, though. Uh, so that doesn't necessarily take him out of play. I, you know, I think they need to to be able to sell him on something like that role because if he can cover and, and he's fast and he's he's a little undersized for a linebacker, a little bit, um, maybe a full off season. That's what I was talking about. That's my I remember a full off season. A full off season is going to help multiple people. Right? We're going to know what we have in an off season, if God willing, they can play a spring season. A guy like Levante Bentley will know exactly where he stands at that point. If he lasts that long, um, if Skowski were to return, but you're right. We know what we have with Skowski, but you can also pitch him. I think the fact that Skowski's now had two targeting penalties over his career. So there's extra playing time because 
<laughs> I mean, there was no way he could have gotten out of that targeting in the game against Ohio State because even if he lifts his head, he's going helmet to helmet. So he either leads with the crown of the head, goes to his side, or lifts his head and goes helmet to helmet. So it was a lose-lose. Like, But what's the other alternative? Let him go? So, I, you know, yeah. I, I hate that penalty, but that's a, a another day conversation. Uh, it would be great to have Nolan Turner back, but then the jokes are now going to be instead of uh, Hunter Renfro, these guys will be there six years. <laughs> so they'll have six years of eligibility, both of them. But you're right. Uh, having them at known commodities, especially at the safety position. Uh, linebacker, like Anna said in her article, you know, they can, they can accept uh, and be okay with a little bit of attrition to the transfer portal. You hate to lose them. I hate losing Niles Pinkley. I hate losing Jordan Williams, but you understand it. And at the defensive line position, the depth is still there, but it's unproven depth. So uh, on paper, you know, like you showed it with uh, Chris Cox's uh, Twitter before, those stars look great next to the name. They don't all pan out, but our depth at defensive tackle, it has stars all over it. You know, at yeah. JP Priester put out, there's three names, Capehart. Um, I forget who else he put out there, but that's the reason that these two guys are transferring. But we don't know what we have necessarily. Uh, once again, a full off season, a full spring practice may answer a lot of those questions. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, uh, the other name, you know, there's a name on the team that's harder to pronounce than Ui Ungalale, and it's <laughs> Rook Oho Roro. Oh, I, I, I can't get down for it. Anyway, Rook, he's one of those guys. But uh, And I want to be clear that it wasn't Anna Hickey's article that talked about Levante Bentley. It was a uh, commenter on the Facebook group. So that was just uh, somebody thrown out when I said, man, it'd be great to have Skalski back. They said, yeah, but this guy will transfer. To me, you got to take the known commodity there over the unknown commodity, especially in a situation where your defense looked a little lost, certainly uh, uh, without him in the second half, but, um, you know, uh, even with him actually on Friday. So, hey, before I forget, I mentioned this to you before we went live, Casey, and I don't know if Nelson or or, or Jeff Brent or Brandon Rank are listening, but the, the uh, VFW in Kyle got their money today. Um and he had a little note. He sent me a little note, and I got it and forgot to bring it up for the show. But anyway, the money's been delivered. He's very thankful, um, very happy about it, of course. Been paid out of his own pocket to feed the guys. So we helped him out a little bit. You know, um, I told him it was something I hope to do next year. You know, I have to come up with something new because I haven't said that word very much because <laughs> um, I've gotten used to catching myself. But um, anyway – Thank you from the bottom of my heart as a veteran uh, to everybody who contributed uh, to help feed those guys at the VFW. Those guys did much more than I ever thought about doing as a veteran. So appreciate it. And um, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, let's move on. Hey, Casey, I don't know if you know this. Clemson basketball is nine and one. (laughs) Man, can you believe that? And uh, our, uh, our buddy, um, uh, I, I was going to say in the um, I didn't I didn't don't have a graphic for this, but in the Ken Palm they are 17th, and I think it's 17th, and there's only one ACC team ahead of them. Now I was talking with Nelson about this. I was uh, texting Nelson about this last weekend, saying, "Don't look now, but look at their schedule. 
And there's only like one or two teams. It was Duke. And I think Virginia at the time was at the time was very close to them, but a little bit ahead. One or two teams in the ACC that was ahead of Clemson, meaning theoretically they played the games out and they all ended up that way, which they won't. They had a chance at a really good record and a really good seating. Um, and they won two games, the last two, as we were texting last night, that would have surely been losses last year and the year before. So, yeah, um, they, Tigers they, looking good. They are getting the depth on this team. <clears throat> no one, not one, even preseason first team, all ACC, Amir Sims, who I love, has been spectacular for him. Nobody. And, and I'm going to get some heat for saying that, too, because I was ne- texting with Nelson last night. Nick Honor has quickly becoming my favorite player. That kid is a bulldog on both ends of the floor. When you need a shot, he hits it. He looks awkward a little bit playing. When you need a steal, he comes up with it. He is quickly becoming my favorite player. Uh, I usually get one, and I d- didn't think I had one. I thought it was going to be John Newman this year, who's been good in spurts. I don't know if he's fully healthy or not. Um, but he can get to the hole. I love uh, Alamir Dawes, fellow Jersey kid. Um, I don't know if his high school actually is a high school, but anyway, same high school as uh, details. As, <laughs> same high school as the uh, who's the guard uh, that went from Cleveland to the the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, Kyrie. Same high school as Kyrie Irving, uh, if you want to call it a, a high school again. Um, but anyway, I digress. The, I love this team. I really do. They're 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 ten deep, eleven deep, and and man, oh man, they're fun. They may even be more than that. They may be twelve deep. PJ Hall, five star freshman, it, it hit a nice little lefty jump hook last night to kind of seal the win. Amir Sims was kind of non-existent, and they were hanging around the game. And yes, he is clearly the best player on the team. He was he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. In, until the overtime, and he just took over. NC State, that's a good NC State team, a very good NC State team, very athletic. They flop more than LeBron, but they're very athletic, and they're very good, and they're going to be uh, a, a tough out in the NCAA tournament. But, man, Clemson didn't lead from 8-7 until they tied it and went up in overtime. It was just a gritty – I know they use that phrase, and I use it a lot on the, on the sidelines Twitter, the hashtag Clemson Grit. But they've had nothing but gritty wins the last couple games against Miami and now NC State. It's been a thing of beauty. Uh, they get they're a little frustrating, and we definitely expect to lose games like that. Um, but we haven't this year, and it's been a lot of fun. Well, they're they're a little frustrating. That's an improvement because last year they were terribly frustrating, and the year before also. But let me put up a little graphic for you that I texted to you right before the show. Timber A. First time I've ever tweeted this statement. RPI is 11.50 p.m. on January 5th. This is last night. Clemson is RPI number four and is number 182. <laughs> Incredible, man. Incredible. Now, will they both stay there? Nah, probably not. But Duke hasn't played in three weeks, I think. So um, I don't know how they're going to improve their RPI if they don't play. Um, here's the thing. Here's where I've taken away from the first 10 games. They have guys who can create shots. And you, you're more of a basketball guy. Some of reserve name comes from basketball, but I was on the bench. So you're more <laughs> of a basketball guy than I am. I peaked in eighth grade. I peaked in eighth grade. So let's. I'm not that much more. <laughs> well, but you, you, you've been more involved in the game, and you know more about what's going on, let's say. Um, so 
They have guards who do not dribble the shot clock down to three seconds and take a wild shot, which has been a problem in the past. They have guards who can create their own shots, as we saw with Nick Honor last night. They have skilled big men, right? Last year, if you throw the ball in bounds to somebody like Jonathan Bear, he'd be caught in a corner and it'd be a turnover. This year, that dude will dribble all 92 feet if you let him, and he'll do it really well, too. <laughs> He's PJ wonderful. Hall. He's wonderful. I'd love Bear, too. P.J. Hall, another. He's young. He's learning. They're breaking him in slowly, but a skilled big man. He can pass. He can shoot. Um, you know, he can rebound. He's contributing. And, you know, of course, obviously Amir Sims is kind of like the glue that makes the whole thing fit together, the traffic cop, the Skalski, if you will, of the <laughs> basketball team. And it's a classic college basketball team, right? They don't have any superstars. Um, Sims is first-team pre-all-ACC, but, you know, he's had his ups and downs, but he doesn't give up. There's some dumb fouls still that we've seen for years, but I think it's college. They're going to be dumb fouls, right? We seem to have more than our share. We, I'm on the team now. Uh, Clemson seems to have more than their share, but they just seem like a really, a really good college basketball team. Now I don't know who to compare them to. I've, I've seen Gonzaga blast everybody, so I'm not saying they're on that level, but I certainly think this is a could be potentially a Sweet 16 team. I have a question for you. That that leads sure. to the question for me to lead to you. Sure. What what is? Let me get it out there now. We're not winning the national championship. Okay, We're, Clemson will not win the basketball national. Championship. <laughs> I know, I know. But a successful season really is a tournament run. And I think, in my opinion, I'm going to ask it to you, and then I'll give you my long-winded diatribe. What is a successful run in the NCAA tournament? Did you okay. just answer it? I think – no, not necessarily. I think one is is the tournament. Now, what happens when you get there? Who knows? A lot of factors. You know, and To me, that's not black and white, right? If you have a really, really good team that you think I, – I guess the team has to meet their potential is what I'm saying. If you have a – if you're uh, Duke and you only get to the Sweet 16, maybe that's not a good season. If you're Clemson and you get to the Sweet 16, that's probably a good season. Um, a lot of transfers, you know, a lot of I won't say I don't let I me mean, I don't know how to say it nice. A lot of not so highly rated players that are um, the pieces are are. The sum of the pieces is greater than the whole. How do you say that saying? You know what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah, right? I know exactly what you're trying right. to say. Our listeners. They're a, they're a team is what I'm getting at. And it makes all the difference in the world to me. So a successful season for me, it starts with making the tournament and playing well in the tournament. You may run into a buzzsaw in the first round and lose, but play well. You know, like we didn't see happen Friday night with the football team. So – it's hard to say on wins because games are canceled left and right. It may, you know, somebody may end up in the tournament at 14 and three for all we know, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would say at least one win in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I think, I think you're here. Right. And I agree with you. I think it's like the football thing that they say around Clemson is that, you know, first things first is win the state, win the conference, win the state, you know, win the playoff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think that that there's similar steps with Clemson basketball as well. I think you, you need to get in the tournament. Um, Brad Brownell probably, and and people were saying this in the preseason, and I didn't believe him because that 2018 team I thought was fantastic uh, with Gabe DeVoe, um, 
Bobby Buckets. I love that nickname. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but anyway, so I love that team, and that run was magical. And what they they should have beaten Kansas. I mean, they got down by a hundred, but uh, they yeah. came back and lost by four. And, and probably if they play a little better in the first half, they they win that game. Uh, blew out a good a good Auburn team that went to the Final Four the next year. So um, I, I think you're right. A magical run like that, Sweet Sixteen, and I thought that was an uber successful run and an uber successful team. I think a team like this. And, and I try to equate it to, like, where they are ranked, right? So if they're around 16, then, yeah, they should get to the Sweet 16. If they're around 8 to 10, then, they yeah, maybe they win an extra game. But you're right. If What I'm seeing right now, I think it was Lenardi, Joe Lenardi from ESPN with his uh, bracketology, currently had us as a five seed. And you hate those five twelves. Yeah. You know, it's just – it's always – and it's a, like a – and this it won't hold, but it's like a winner of Stanford and – another team you've heard of, a Xavier or something like that. So you're like, okay, we, we can't even get like a St. Bonaventure or a team that's, you know, a Patriot League champion like a Bucknell. We probably don't want them either. But uh, we're getting a, a, a major, major group of five power – or excuse me, power five conference team. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think a win in the conference – a couple wins in the conference tournament would go a long way too. And then a win or two in the NCAA tournament get to that Sweet 16 would be really nice. It's a weird thing to say, but things are kind of falling right for them, right? North Carolina's not North Carolina's usual self. Duke has had some struggles before they ran into the COVID monster. Uh, Virginia's struggled a little bit, you know, uh, relatively, of course, for Virginia. But, you know, they've struggled a little bit. Um, It's wide open. Now, on the other hand, North Carolina was playing without Beverly last night, who got injured in pregame warm-ups. So that's kind of weird. But It was um, weird. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, and they gave Clemson a, a, a tough a tough game and they are way down in the Ken Palm ranking. I say way down, like sixty five or something. It's way a good down. team though. They're yeah. athletic as heck, man. Yeah. Well they they were and you stole my line. That's what I was gonna tweet it, but I caught myself because I don't like to tweet much anymore. But <laughs> I was gonna say that is an athletic team. You can see it. They were out out athleting Clemson. Not that Clemson has bad athletes, they're just not at that level. Speaking of basketball beef, we've said this before, but Terrence Oglesby, I talked to him again last week. Oh, T.O., he's going to come on with us and talk some basketball instead of us two uh, knuckleheads talking about Clemson basketball, somebody who actually played uh, and and uh, talks about basketball. From his first game as an announcer, I've said this before too, don't mean to toot his horn, whatever. Uh, he's really good analyst basketball both on his videos on on uh facebook but also in-game stuff he really has a knack for it and um i was this sounds weird but i was really kind of amazed because all i knew him from as a player and remember when he left clemson you know there's a little animosity it seemed like there whatever anger whatever from maybe both sides the fans and terrence but he came back and he's made himself into a really top-notch analyst um, and obviously loves Clemson. So looking forward to having Terry. You take the, you take that for granted, right? Last night we had Roy Philpot, who is a Clemson alum, and he's making his way with the ESPN. He called a fantastic game. I don't know, and I want to call him out. But I don't know his name really. I thought the analyst last night was atrocious. Uh, so a guy like you know. To, who's been in the trenches and and is really working at it, and it's obvious that he's working at it. Uh, he, heck, he put out a preseason magazine this year, his own of his own doing. So. 
I really like what he's doing. He sounds great, and he knows what he's talking about, and he really adds color to the commentary. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really well done, and, and we are tooting his horn. He is one of our own. Roy Philpott's one of our own, too, uh, and a really good guy. So we love them all, but, you know, we call a spade a spade, and, and we're, we're known to do that for some announcers. <laughs> and But T.O.'s doing a really nice job. I'm excited to have him on, too. It's be good yeah. to talk to him. Roy's a good guy, uh, and he's a he's a pretty good announcer too. Um, when he first started out, is back when before the ACC network and they had like Tiger TV or something, and it was it was lower quality than the ACC network, if you can believe that. And um, Spurtle, <laughs> order your Spurtle now. <laughs> and uh, uh, and he, but Roy did a fantastic job, but. Speaking of last night, when the color commentary guy, not only was he messing up the players' names and teams, he was messing up his partner's name. He called him Roy Philbin. <laughs> he said Roy Philbin. I mean, pot. <laughs> I'm like, what in the heck is going on? That's um, uh, I think that was Paul Biancardi, uh, who's a long time you know uh, college basketball guy, but just just bizarre. They they've got to do better ACC network. I mean. It's like they, they couldn't find anybody else, and they pulled this guy off of the elevator and said, hey, I mean, I know that he's a college basketball guy, and they knew that too, but it's like, hey, can you do this game? And as you said, there's no research. There was no studying for the game. That's the one thing about T.O. Go to his, his Facebook site, and he'll tell you what's going to happen in the game. I watched him break down the Miami game, um, and it made the game much more enjoyable because I, I knew what was going on. He – he made me a smarter basketball fan, at least for those 40 minutes of game. Yeah. But it's really good. He's got 10 minute, like 10 minute ish breakdowns of, of what's happening um, or going to happen in the game and what this team has done previously and how they're going to attack Clemson, how Clemson should attack them. Fantastic stuff by Terrence Oglesby. Yep. We're excited to have him. I know he has his own show too. I believe it's Thursdays. I'm not sure if he's doing it regularly, but check him out too. Yeah, I've, I've reached out to him about putting that on Seldom News Reserve also, uh, just trying to help him out. Clemson guy, as you know, we always do. We talked about, Yeah, we talked about before the show. Hopefully we can we can connect with him to make that happen. Hey, Beef, a little over a month to Clemson baseball uh, I Can you believe wait. that? Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh. So I thought, you know, when I'm putting together the rundown for the show, I'm like, oh, man, what are we going to talk about? We got to talk about T-shirts or we got to talk about, um, you know, school for the kids or whatever. And, and then I started adding stuff and it starts growing and growing and growing and growing, man. We're going to have stuff to talk about all the time. Dominated by football, of course. A little bit of basketball there. T.O. joined us. And some baseball. And J.P. Priester said he'd join us to talk Clemson baseball. So we got it lined up for the foreseeable future. Um, it's an exciting time. It's, more, it's literally the most fun time. At the end of college football season, we've been – uh, very blessed as Clemson fans to be able to watch Clemson play well into into December and January. Uh, then we get the middle of basketball season, and then it leads right into baseball season. They bleed together, and softball too. I don't want Nelson calling me out. Softball's coming too, right on the horizon. Really exciting time. It, this was my favorite time to be at Clemson uh, without the football, but I loved that first first part of January. We can still it's it's a little chilly. In Clemson, South Carolina, you're going to basketball games, and February comes, you still got that jacket on. You're watching that first series, uh, first three game sets, always seem seemingly at home, and you're seeing what the what the Tigers have. 
and I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited for the baseball season this year. I think they're going to have a good swap. Yeah, cool. And we got a good basketball team also. So lots of stuff, lots of a good stuff. Beef, why don't you give the the rundown while I find the little exit uh, promo here? Sure. Thank you so much, for everybody, for joining us tonight and or whenever you're watching this show or listening to the podcast. Thanks for everyone in the Facebook group, the Cell Muse Reserve College Football uh, Facebook group, especially Nelson Wilhite for all his help in monitoring you knuckleheads out there and, and his support. Everyone on the Reserve, Sluggo Podcast, Chop and Beef, my side piece. Each and every one of you who listens, likes, and shares, we appreciate it. We have new and exciting stuff coming this year, 2021, on behalf of Marty, Seldom Use Reserve. Coleman, I am the beef. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Don't forget, Anna Alyssa, Mom and Pops Cregan. <laughs> Peace out. Later. I think that sounds pretty good.